Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. For the Lord says to you that as you increase in faith and as you walk with me, so your anointing will increase. As the faith develops and as you learn to trust me in everything and you make me my source, so you will experience a greater anointing. A greater anointing that will break the yoke. That will destroy the works of the enemy. That you shall be a vessels that are used to further the kingdom of God. That the kingdom of heaven will come down on this earth. And you will experience the glory of God as you walk with me. Learn to sit at my feet. Learn to sit with me. And I would teach you my ways, says the Lord. For all my ways are pleasantness. And all my ways are peace. Learn of me. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly of heart. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Teach us your ways, Lord. For there's so much more. There is so much more. There is so much more. There is so much more. You're only just beginning. You've only just got your feet in the water. Hallelujah. There are waters to swim in. There are waters to swim in. The waters, the rivers are starting to flow. May they flow out of your innermost being. Rivers of living water. Rivers of favor and blessing. Rivers that flow into the thirsty and the hungry and the needy. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Ooh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, I want to speak to you about a woman that did press in. A woman that did get hold of God. Do you know, we've got to be determined. We've got an enemy that wants to stop us. We've got somebody that doesn't want you to have this inheritance. But you know, if you can understand you have a faith within you, given to you at your new birth, when you got born again, you got a God kind of faith. A faith that John the Apostle says, this is the victory that overcometh this world, even our faith. And as your faith grows, your, your mind gets in, in, in renewed continuously. As you come into the presence of God, you will begin to hear God. And as you hear God, that word will come on a daily basis and faith cometh by hearing. And the thing that seems so impossible will suddenly become so possible because without God, nothing is impossible. It's just getting your mind renewed to in tune with what God thinks. And then when you think what God thinks, everything seems very simple. You know, Moses struggled for 40 years to think, how ever can all these people 
that you promised our forefather Abraham they will come out with a strong arm and with great prosperity and blessing. But you see, God's ways are past finding out. We've just got to get in tune and hear God. Well, here's a woman, her name is Hannah, and she's living in a church uh, day that is in decline. You know, we look at the church today, and I think of the book of Revelation with the seven different conditions. You know, we've got the Catholic, we've got the Protestant, the Evangelical, the Pentecostals, we've got the faith movement, the grace movement, and we've got the prophetic movement. We've got seven similar churches today, and there's, also, there's something not quite right about all of them. You know, but we can be part of a church, but we can be part of a heavenly church, and we can be an overcomer, and if the Lord of hosts shows us something wrong, like he shows Anna, you know, she, she wasn't a stupid woman. She must have gone to the Shiloh every year, and, you know, people talk. Do you know, we got two priests in there that are messing about, and their names are Hophni and Phinehas. You know, we've been in church situations where people are messing about. I've been in a church where there was somebody messing about. <laughs> but you know, we don't have to be part, we can be in this, but part of the church, the remnant, the people that believe in who Christ really is and part of that church of Jesus Christ. You know, Connie's mother, Mrs. Mansfield, um, from Mansfield, what was her name? Which is, what was her name? Yeah. She used to say, there's a bride you see in Christ. There's a company of overcomers. And we're supposed to be part of that. And we are. Well, Hannah was in trouble because the Lord has shut her womb. The word of God says that the Lord shut her womb. You know, when the Lord stops something, he's trying to get your attention. If there's barrenness come into your life and no fruit, God's on your case. There must be some reason why God did it, is to get your attention. Because when things, you know, as I said yesterday, when everything's going unkidori in your life and then suddenly you think you can, you can manage this life without the Lord, you're in trouble. But God was using this woman. And I'm coming to see if you need something from God... If you've got a need here this morning and you need something from God, you're going to have to get involved with God's kingdom. And this is important. You see, when Abraham received the promise, it wasn't just about his son, for him to have a son. It was about the gospel. It was about not for him just to be blessed, but the whole world to be blessed. You see, Hannah was getting involved with the kingdom. So God shuts her womb to get her attention. And, she's, and he's got another wife, this Elkanah, called Paniah. Well, we've heard the term in the church, she's a proper little Paniah. You know, the, you know, the people always giving you a poke and looking down at you, and I'm better than you, and look, you haven't got any children, and I have, and I'm fruitful, so I'm blessed, 
So obviously there's something wrong with you, Hannah, because you're not blessed, because you've got no children. No, 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 it's God trying to get her attention. And maybe if you've got a need, God is trying to get your attention. He's wanting you to get on your knees and start seeking God. Because if you can start seeking God like Hannah did, something's going to (laughs) happen. And you know, it says, if you read the account, it says she went... They used to go up to Shiloh every year. She was a good woman. She served God. Her husband served God. But here she is. She's barren. She's unfruitful. And, she, and when they go up, Paniah is provoking her sore. And, and, she's, and her husband said, well, I'll give you a double portion. I'm be, and I bet it to you and all these children. And she said, no, I, I, I want to be fruitful. I want to be fruitful. Do you want to be fruitful? Talking about spiritual things now. And you know, she goes up there and she prays. And uh, and I, 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 you know, I think the Lord was on my case about this. And he says, and and um, it says here, and her adversary, verse six, that's Peniah, provoked her sore and made her fret. Why? Because the Lord has shut up her womb. And as she did so year by year, she went up to the house of the Lord, and so she provoked her. So Hannah wept, and she didn't eat. And, you know, they went on and on and then. And so Hannah rose up and eaten his shadow and had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat by the saint, and she was in bitterness of soul, and prayed to the Lord and wept so. And this is what she did. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaiden and remember me and will not forget thine handmaid, but will give to thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and there shall no raise upon her head. She said, I want, I just don't want a child, I want a man-child. Do you know, I think when we begin to get involved with God's kingdom and God's business and you're willing to serve God, you can pray and you will get an answer. Can you get what I'm saying? It's not all about you just getting your need met. Yeah, God can do it. But it's about you doing what God wants you to do as part of his kingdom to give you something that will change in the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God which needs to be changed. A man-child could be the man that could get in that temple, that Shiloh, that tabernacle and change what needed to be changed. So Hannah was getting involved with God's purpose. Isn't it? If you and I can get involved with what God wants, God will bless you. Oh yeah, he will. Because he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and God will then bring into your life exactly what you need and more. He will abundantly bless you as he abundantly blessed this Hannah. This woman Hannah, look, she was was an Israelite. 
Ephraimite. She was married to Elkanah. She must have known all about Abraham. She must have read the Torah. She must have read about how he had this son and Moriah and all that happened and Isaac and Jacob and all the twelve tribes are one of the tribes. Do you know there's something about faith that God moves the hand of God? It's faith. But it has to be not self-centered but God-centered and Christ-centered. And when you get involved with God's business, you remember when Jesus went missing on the trip to the, for his permits to Jerusalem, and they were looking for him for three days. What did Jesus say to his parents? Don't you know that I must be about my father's business? You see, your life and my life is not just about me, myself, and I. Oh, no, 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 we're in something bigger than me, myself, and I. No, no, we're, in the, we're a part of the kingdom of God. We're part of the, as we just heard from Paul, this salvation is so big. <laughs> we just got a little, we, 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 look here, we just got a little bit of an idea what it's all about. She said, how long do we live down here? We're talking about eternity. We're talking about something far greater than me having a car or a house or what or what. You know, God will give you a car or a house if you need one, but you, you, this is the kingdom. Do you know, I'm coming to see if I, well, I think, I, you know, we can be very selfish and self-centered, you know that. We've got to watch this, man. Because you just cut God off. You've just got to realize that you're in something much bigger than you. And, and this is, I think, what the Lord is speaking to me, and I'm sharing with you, uh, because she, she's in bitterness of soul. She, God is very, he, he, you know, Saul, David's psalms are honest, and honest prayers, a lot of them, he, he, look, if you've got bitterness of soul, you tell the Lord about it. Just open your heart and tell the Lord about it. But she makes a vow. You see, and I'm coming to see, as I said to you the other night, this first fruit business is very big. <laughs> this was her firstborn. If she, I mean, she didn't know she was going to have any more. She didn't even know she was going to have one. She's making a vow now to God and saying, if you give me a man-child, I'm going to give you that son to you. In other words, she's saying, I'm going to give it to God and I'm going to put it in the tabernacle in Shiloh. Now, that was a very unauthorized thing to do because as we know from the, the time of Moses, it was only Levites that were in the, in the tabernacle, not Ephraimites or whatever she was. But you see what faith does. You see what faith does. And a person that gets involved with the kingdom, God can change things. He can change it. What faith does and grace does, it, it knows no dispensation. It takes, it takes from what God can do for you now, whether it's supposed to be now or not. It's like the Syrophoenician woman. He said to the, I can't give it to you. You're not one of my, the children of Israel. she said, just give me a crumb. 
Just give me a crumb, Lord. I don't need a loaf. I just need a crumb. And she got it. And Luther says, Martin Luther says, she believed the gospel before any of the disciples did. Cranmer wrote a prayer in the Book of Common Prayer all about this sinner Phoenician woman's faith. And I'm coming to see when we start crying out to God like um, Hannah did, and this is what he said to her, Go in peace, Eli, the God of Israel, grant thee thy petition that you have asked it in. And she said, Let thine handmaid find grace in thy sight. So the woman went her way, and she started to eat, and her countenance was no more sad. She believed. You've got to believe what God says. When God gives you a word, just believe it before you can see anything. That's faith. God likes faith. He loves it. And she rose up early in the morning and worshipped before the Lord and returned. And Elkanah knew his wife. And it came to pass. She conceived. And she called his name Samuel because I asked him of the Lord. And Hannah didn't go up till she'd weaned him, and she took him up to the uh, tabernacle in Shiloh. And she says, So the woman abode and gave her son's suck until she'd weaned him. And when she had weaned him, she took him, she took him with her, and what? He took an offering. First fruits, offering. She took three bullocks. I think a bullock is worth quite a lot of money. I don't know how much bullocks are worth, <laughs> but I reckon it depends on what breed they are. I think a Hereford bullock would be worth hundreds of pounds. She'd taken a thousand pounds worth in bullocks. And what else she take? An ephah of flour. I don't know what an ephah is. It's a lot of flour. And a bottle of wine. Well, it's not one little these bottles that we got. We're talking about big, you know, big fat wineskins, aren't we? And she brought into the house of the Lord. And they slew the boy and they brought the child to Eli. She kept her vow. Faith without works is dead. Have you ever, ever promised something good to God and then forgotten all about it? Because I have. Lord, I promise you, if you'll just get me out of this hole, I will never do that again. And then a stupid me goes and does it again. And then you have to get on your knees and repent again. I said, Lord, I'm really sorry about this, but I've fallen again. No, this woman was a woman of faith. She keeps her vow. She puts him in the tabernacle. God is at work. <laughs> God, she was getting involved with what God wanted done. Yeah. Because we read later in this in, in here that some prophet came to um, some prophet came to Eli and told him, you know, those boys, you don't you don't do anything about them. They they um, I'm I'm going to this is what he said. Um 
Uh, this is in, in chapter 2. He says, Behold, the days will come. I will cut off thine arm and the arm of thy finest house, and there shall no be an old man in your house, and thou shalt see an enemy in habitation, and there shall not be an old man in the house, and the man of the house I will cut off for mine altar. And this shall be a sign that shall come upon thy two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. In one day shall both of them die, and then it says in verse 35, And I'll raise up a faithful priest that shall do according to all that is in mine heart and mind, and I will build me a sure house, and he shall walk before me anointed forever. Well, who are we talking about? We're talking about a seed, which is a seed of promise, which is that seed is Christ. She, and if we read Hannah's prayer, which we'll come to in a minute, she's prophesying, similar to what Mary in the Magnificent prophesied, you know, in a, in a Magnificent. You, you see, when you get involved with, by faith, in what God wants you to do in his kingdom, you get an anointing come on your life. I'm coming to see that the anointing is linked to faith. Because faith releases the power of God. It releases the power of God on your life. So when you pray, and I'm coming to see what Hannah is saying to us, she, is that we've got to understand what, what is happening here. And going back to chapter 2 at the beginning, and it says, And she prayed, And I've lent him to the Lord as long as he liveth, and he should be lent to the Lord, and he worshipped the Lord there. I don't know whether it's very easy for a mother to take a little boy and leave him about 40 miles ago away from where you live and put him in a tabernacle and say, I'm not going to see him again, except once a year. That is keeping your vow. That's faith with works. And this little boy, as we know, grew up with a little ephod and he grew up in the house of God. And when Eli didn't hear God's voice, well, Eli wasn't so bad, but Hophni and Phinehas certainly didn't for the way they behaved, for ungodly priesthood, this little boy starts to hear God. There's something about us understanding, as we said yesterday morning, who we are and what we are, and that we are that tabernacle, and that if we can learn to live and abide, as we heard the psalm last night, he that abide as the shadow shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. There's something about us getting a consciousness on a daily basis that I am a child of God, that I'm a walking temple, that Christ lives in me, and that I can hear God on a daily basis. We've got to get conscious of this and get involved with the kingdom and not everything that I want. Because if I can get involved like Hannah did with the kingdom of God, she gets this child. But wait a minute, when she takes this child up, 
It says later in chapter 2 that Samuel ministered before the Lord, being a child girded with an... And his mother made him a little coat that she brought up from year to year, a husband to offer yearly sacrifice. And this is what happens in verse 20. And Eli blessed Elkanah, his wife, and the Lord... And this is what he said, the Lord give thee seed. Here we're coming back to seed again. Of this woman for the loan which is lent to the Lord. And they went into their own house. And the Lord visited Hannah. And she conceived and bare three sons and two daughters. She's getting a harvest from her seed. It takes faith to do that, doesn't it? How many women would have done what Hannah did? I don't think there's many. That's why she's in the Word of God. That's why she's teaching me not to withhold my seed. If God tells me I'm learning to give something to somebody, even when I don't want to give it, I give it because I know it's part of the kingdom. It's not about just that person. It's about the kingdom of God. You understand? You know, as Alan said, when Bob died and he took all this over, I don't think Alan knew what he's getting into. No idea, Eddie. You know, when we start, Abraham journeyed from Ur the Calais, he didn't know what was going to happen to him, did he? But the old saints know, but he knew with whom he went. We've got to trust God, haven't we? It's a walk of faith. And she trusted God, and here she is. She's got five more children. So she's had six. But listen to what she says in her prayer. This is very interesting. She says in chapter 2, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord, my horn is exalted, my mouth is enlarged because I rejoice over mine enemies. There's none holy as the Lord, there's none beside thee, neither is any rock like thee. Talk no exceedingly proudly, not arrogancy come out of him. For the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of the mighty are broken, and they stumble are girded with strength. And this is the verse. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry ceased so that the barren hath borne seven. The barren hath borne seven. Well, I had three and two girls and Samuel, and that's six. But she said, seven. And who is the seventh? It's Jesus. When you get involved with the kingdom, you get the anointed Christ come on your life and dwell with you. And you've got the greater one in you blessing your whole life. Come on, we've got to see this. This woman got a revelation. Like Abraham did centuries before that this boy was not just about the boy, but it was about the seed that was promised. You've got something in you that's greater 
than anything that's against you. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in all the world. God was going to sort that house of Eli out. God will sort out what's ever going on if you can get involved. And can you get involved with his kingdom? Stop thinking about yourself, as it says in, in Hebrews 12, and keep looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I tell you what, this, and the Lord said to me, stop being self-centered, he said to me. Hmm. I, I think it's a big test for all of us. We, because we wake up and we've got all these needs and, and, you know, and we want to be our own source. Look, you're, you're not the source of your life. God is your father. Jesus is your great high priest and the Holy Spirit has come to comfort you. We've got to understand, as we've heard, we've got access because Jesus said it's finished. We've got access to the place where we can put our petition, like she went to the temple and Eli gave her the word, where well, we got Jesus to give us the word and the Holy Ghost. And he can give you a word and it will solve it. She gets a word, she was no more sad. She ate and she said, I'm, I'm, having, this, I'm having this child. And she kept her promise and she put it into the temple. Now this is very significant. Samuel, we got two books of Samuel here. I mean, he couldn't have written all this because he dies in the middle of these books. But I mean, the, the point about it is, it's Samuel. We, long last, we got a man in the temple that he is God. You know, when Henry got blessed, I was in the Assemblies of God, they, they couldn't stand the man. They called him this, that and the other, and they wouldn't come near him and all this. And I said, well, I'm off. You can, I'm, I'm going in the way of the Spirit. You know, you can't stay with people who don't understand what God is doing. God is doing something. You know, if you read on about this, because it is Samuel that anointed David, wasn't it? Wasn't it Samuel? It was Samuel that anointed David. I know he anointed Saul, but, but he anointed David. He didn't want to, did he? But you've got a man there. And if you study the life of Samuel, his life after this, in this temple, he hears God. And of course, what happens? They go to war against the Philistines. And they take the ark stupidly out of the tabernacle, you know, out of Shiloh, and put it, and take it to battle. And of course, the Philistines capture the ark, don't they? And of course, everywhere the ark went, they had all sorts of diseases. The, the enemy was being floored. But do we understand... If, we, if the Lord said to me, if you could grasp that what you need is involved, your need can be met if you get involved with the kingdom. It's very important. What we're in is bigger than me. <laughs> you know, as I said to a few of you, I didn't want to go anymore. And the Lord said to me, it's not about you, it's you doing what I tell you to do. You do what I tell you to do and I give you the strength to do what I tell you to do and I give you the grace and the empowerment to do what I tell you to do and you just do your part. Hannah did her part, didn't she? She put up somebody in there that was going to change the church. Isn't it wonderful? So if you can get your faith developed 
and your anointing increased, God can do more and more and more through you to bless somebody else. I'm coming to see this. I wish I'd seen it years ago. I didn't even believe in some... I don't believe half I believe today because I was just a baby Christian. You know, as Jose said, my people perish through lack of knowledge. The word of God is a covenant. It's, it's a new covenant we're in now. But as somebody said, if you don't understand the Old Testament, the Old Testament is the foundation of your faith. And if you don't believe anything and understand what God is saying in the Old Testament, you'll never get what he's saying in the New Testament. You will not get it because you're not building upon the foundation that's been laid by Christ. I think I was saying to John, you see the problem we got in the church today, they dispensationalize the word of God. Oh, that's not for today. Oh, we don't want the old, we're now in the new. No, it's all one book. It's all Jesus is as much in Leviticus as he is in Matthew. Of course he is. He, Jesus was there before. <laughs> he appeared to Abraham. And Jesus wants to appear to us. Christ in us. The hope of glory. So I'm praying that I'll get hold of this. So when God tells me, and, he, and you know, he blessed this woman and he put uh, uh, Samuel in the temple, in this tabernacle, and he wasn't even supposed to be there. He wasn't a, a Levite. But actually, if you look back, you know, that prophet that came and said, I'm going to cut off the house of Levi. There's an interesting scripture here I was reading in 1 Kings. And, um, and uh, as you read Samuel, because I'm reading through the Bible at the moment, reading 1 Kings. And um, it says here, So Solomon thrust out Abathir the priest unto the Lord, that he might fulfill the word of the Lord, which he spoke concerning the house of Eli. This is years later. God doesn't forget. God does not forget. That word was spoken, but it didn't happen until Solomon was taken over from David as king over Israel. No. As you said the other night, when the glory of God is about, you better be careful. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. It's not for us to mess. I mean, we enjoy the presence of God. There's nothing wrong. I mean, the people do misunderstand this, as Paul said. But in his presence, there is fullness of joy. We're supposed to rejoice and enjoy his presence. But when it comes to things of the service of God, you can't mess around with God things. No. You can't mess around like Hophni and Phinehas and get away with it because that priest who got removed when David was dying and Solomon was taken over. You see, the lesson is, the lesson is this, isn't it? That when Samuel was raised and God used him to defeat the Philistines, remember Mizpah, and eventually he says they gave them rest from, from the, uh, God used Solomon through using the infod and they get information, and of course they brought the, and of course it wasn't until David came that they brought the ark back. But the point about it is, you've got somebody now in the house of God that's hearing God because some woman 
was made barren by God and in her need she seeks God and gives a man child and that man child is in the right place at the right time to do what's necessary. She got involved with God's business. Well, I say, Lord, help me to get involved with your business and that it works. If you had somebody in your business that wasn't interested working for you in your business, not wanting you to help you in your business, you wouldn't keep him long, would you? No. No, God's the same. The question is, are we servants? You know, some people think it's all about me and my ministry. And as long as I'm on the, you know, speak, and I've seen and heard and all this, and it's all about me, myself, and my ministry... I wonder sometimes whether God says to them, as he says in the Sermon on the Mount, oh, you've done all that? Well, who authorized you to do that? I just don't know who you are. (laughs) A frightening statement, isn't it? It is a frightening statement. Keep humble, keep meek, and sit at the feet of Jesus and just do what he tells you to do. Isn't it? John 2.5 Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. Mary knew when a need was met, was needed to be met, she just said, just do what Jesus says. And it's the same for us. Just do what Jesus said. But you've got to be hearing God, haven't you? If you can't hear, you're not going to hear what he says. Because if you're like Ophni and Phineas, you know, taking all the best offerings and sleeping with all the women, you know, you're not going to, God is not going to mess with you. You know, how many people are in the ministry for what the ministry can give them? No, we're in the ministry to give what God has given to us to bless somebody else. As we said tonight, we're not asking, when we talk about first fruits and you giving first fruits, not, we're not talking about you giving to us, we're talking about you giving to God. So God can bless you. See how this woman's first fruit, Samuel, blessed this woman. It didn't happen overnight, did it? He was in the temple, and now Eli gets a word from God, and he said, God has given you, because you've given seed, I'll give you seed to have a blessing in your life. Look, I think I've, I've got to be stop being self-centered and be Christ-centered. You know, self-centered people can be very difficult. It's all about me, myself and I, and if it doesn't suit me, don't talk to me, don't come near me, I don't want to know this. And you know, you're dealing with somebody who's... We've got to watch this, mind, haven't we? And you know, sometimes it's not easy to serve God. You know, I was reading in Corinthians, Paul was shipwrecked. He was beaten three times with rods. He was, uh, you know, he was imprisoned. He was, everything happened to him and all these things happened to him. But as I read to you that verse yesterday in Philippians 3.11, he was tapped into the resurrection power of God. When he was about to die, having been beaten and left dead, he has a resurrection because he's involved in God's business. And the Lord said to me, stop looking at yourself, start looking at me, and do what I tell you to do, and everything's going to go well for you. And it will.
Do we get this? Do we understand who we are? Do we understand that actually we're part of this household of God, the kingdom of God, and that God is, dwells in us and that he wants to work through us? And, and, I'm, and I'm, I'm coming to see, she saw down the centuries like Abraham did. She understood that in this seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed. It's wonderful enough. You've got something in you, mine. Can we grasp it? Can you grasp what's inside of you? What you have in Christ? This wonderful seed of promise. You've been born again of an incorruptible seed. Think about it. Incorruptible seed. You've got eternity. You've got something inside you that's going to live forever. Your soul has been saved. Isn't it wonderful? And your spirit has been renewed. Your only problem is your body. And this is the problem, the body. Paul says, who shall deliver me from this body of death, he said. <laughs> Was it Romans 8, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God, the Lord, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the law of the spirit in life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. I've been delivered. <laughs> I can win this war over the flesh. My gum. You know, it's a battle. And as long as you're down here, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith. You're going to have to put the word in your mouth. And if you don't read the word and meditate the word, you'll never understand and understand that you can speak words of faith against what the enemy is trying to do in your body. You can conquer. You can win. Well, Hannah was blessed. <laughs> She's in the word of God. She mothered Samuel. What a wonderful thing. It says not one of his words fell to the ground. Think about it. Not one of his words. And I would like to be a Samuel. I, I'd like to hear God like Samuel. I'd like to believe God and walk with God every day. Do you know, do you know this whole king business, you know, and I'm reading about, I, I think, I, is, you know, when God, when God said to, when Israel asked for a king, and Samuel said, but Lord, they rejected me, I'm running Israel, what do they want a king for? And I'm hearing God, and I'm leading them, and I'm able to direct them. Oh, God said to him, they haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me. Mm. This is the problem, isn't it? Do you want something else to be your Lord instead of Jesus? And what a man Saul was. You read 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel, you read about Saul. You don't ask for something from God if it's not according to his plan. There's a big lesson in Samuel. But Samuel 
did what God told him to do. And he still anointed David. And you know Saul went to, to, went to Nob, a place called Nob. <laughs> and he slew, this is God's anointed man, slew all the priesthood in Nob and their wives and their children. Because they gave loaves and the sword to David. What kind of man is that? Do you want a king like that? No, we got King Jesus. We got Jesus as our king. And David, well, he was a man after God's own heart, but he made a lot of mistakes, didn't he? But Jesus never made one mistake. <laughs> Jesus never failed. I can't get over this. I read an old theologian called Lane. And he says, if the church could grasp what Jesus did in his earthly life, and he never once failed to fulfill that law of legal requirement of the second Adam, the last Adam, he could go through Gethsemane and go to the cross as the spotless Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. Do you think you can't live this Christian life? Well, Jesus has given you his righteousness, and his righteousness can cover you, and you are covered. And as you walk by faith, under the anointing of God, the old saints say, the righteousness of Christ is imparted to you. It becomes imparted to you. And so you get stronger and stronger as you learn to walk by faith. And the greater the anointing comes, and every time the enemy comes against you, you won't listen to his nonsense. You will say, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, Satan. And you speak the words out of your mouth and he will flee. I believe Hannah was one of the women that changed the course to bring in Judah, to bring in a, a, an anointed king that God wanted. And in that seed of Judah came the Messiah. You see, when we get involved with what God wants, then we get blessed like Hannah got blessed. And this is so important. And I'm coming to see that when, when Jacob was, Israel was dying, it he says, the scepter shall not depart from Judah. Well, there's a whole chapter about Judah, a visiting a prostitute or something. And you think, what on earth is God doing choosing Judah? But that's grace, isn't it? That's grace. That where sin abounds, grace did much more abound. And it was in that seed that was, that was anointed by Samuel that we had David. And it's in that seed that Mary was born and Joseph was born. And it was in that seed that the incorruptible seed, the incarnation happened in, Jesus, when, in Mary when she said, Be it unto me according to thy word. See, when you get involved, we, are you believing that you've got this seed in you? That you're born of an incorruptible seed and it cannot fail. See, just the same way Satan tried to kill baby Jesus. He killed all his babies in Ramah, didn't he? And, and um, Joseph and Mary had to flee to Egypt, as it prophesied they would have to. 
God will protect you. Do you know you've got supernatural protection? You've got angels encompassing around about you and blessing you and covering you. But you've got to stay in the house. Haven't you? You've got to stay under the word of God and the Lordship of Christ. And don't go off on your own way. And this is, this is the test we're in, isn't it? This is the test we're in, that the Lord will help us to believe. You know, because when you read about Saul, it's very disturbing. Very disturbing to read about him. And you know, you can't remove Saul. God has got to remove Saul out of the church. And David understood that. You understand this? You're going to meet Saul's in the church. They've had the anointing. They're powerful people. He was a valiant warrior. And when Saul died, David mourned over him. He mourned over him. Why? Because of the church. See, David's blessing, because he was involved in the kingdom. And when Saul died, he didn't, didn't have a party and say, God gracious, this man has tried to kill me for 13 years. We got rid of him, we'll have a party. No, he mourned because he knew that there was no stability in God's house in Israel. And that he was waiting on God now to get that stability back. And he, this is a man after God's own heart. And when he got that stability back and he got crowned, what did he do? Where is the ark? That's a man after God's own heart. It's not about him, it's about the kingdom. And it's the same thing with Hannah. And I'm coming to see that if we as God's people, you know, I say, Lord, anoint everybody. Get, get the anointing on you, life. Get, as Henry's to say, get the um, cup in your sack. Yeah, get the cup in your sack. Isn't it? You can have the cup in your sack. You don't know what I'm talking about, do you? Do some of you know what the cup in the sack is? Do you know what I'm on about? Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can have the cup in your sack. You can. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and you know, when you've got the cup in your sack, God has given you something to bless somebody else. Oh, yeah. Well, he was the first king that was anointed. He was a Benjamite, wasn't he? He didn't do very well. But it was prophesied, Judah. Look, we just got to get it an ear into what God is saying. Well, Hannah got involved with the kingdom. <laughs> she got somebody in the temple that was hearing God. <laughs> and didn't she do well? And she got blessed in the process. <laughs> didn't she get blessed? And she said, I born seven. She understood what it was. It, you know, she didn't understand to start with, but it, the revelation was beginning to happen. And it's like us, one step is, is line upon line, precept upon precept, and suddenly the light is starting to dawn. Something that's been un, not understood by us, suddenly it all begins to make sense. We suddenly find that we're in something that is so wonderful. Do you know, I heard one saint say, it'll spend all of eternity to understand how great our salvation is. 
I believe that's right. I do, I do. I don't think we understand. There is so much more for us. Do you know, can you believe to press forward to those things that are before? Do you believe there's something more for you? Or do you think this is the end of you? No, it's not the end of you. There, Jesus, it, there is more for you. You know, the devil said to me, well, at your age, you can't expect much. And why should you travel? <laughs> and you can't travel to all these places and all this, you know, and you, and you, you feel this and you feel that. Look, we're not called to walk by our feelings. The just don't live by feelings. The just live by what? Faith. And where did you get the faith? From here. And the Lord said to me, look at Hannah. I said, I'll look at Hannah. Right. I looked at Hannah. And the more I looked at it, the more I realized what God was trying to get through to me. <laughs> Keep involved with the kingdom. It's not about you, he said. It's about me and my kingdom. And all you're doing, if you will do what I tell you in my kingdom, I will bless you like I blessed Hannah. I'd like, I'd like to be blessed, wouldn't you? Do you want to be blessed? Well, I believe it's time for us to enter in, as Henry used to keep saying. <laughs> enter in. That's how he used to talk about it. Not, not a lot of talk, just enter in. <laughs> and of course, Corinthians tells about all this generation that died in the wilderness. You can die in your wilderness, you can. If you want to, you be a wilderness Christian and have, have manner every morning and it's jolly boring, isn't it? <laughs> you will get fed up with manner every morning. But you can cross over Jordan and you can get into the land that's flowing with milk and honey <laughs> and there's corn and wine and there's wine. Oh, oh. Don't tell the religious people there's wine in the kingdom. They blow a gasket when you start talking about wine in the kingdom. <laughs> but there is wine. I was quite drunk last night. I had a job to stand up. <laughs> you know, you get in a Holy Ghost meeting, you start drinking, it comes to a point where <laughs> you think, how much more, Lord? <laughs> but there is more. There is more. Do you know you can't digest this without wine? You need wine to get it down. You do, you need wine to get it down. <laughs> I always think it's significant that the first miracle that Jesus did, he turned water into wine. Now, that's just not a miracle, but it is a miracle, but it's got a deeper meaning. <laughs> yeah. Jesus says, I'll drink it new with you in the kingdom. And we're here to drink it. Hallelujah, isn't it? Do you want some of this? I tell you what I do. Oh, praise the Lord. Do you know when I feel this, I, I feel 21 again. I can't feel nothing. I just feel it. I don't feel any aches and pains or nothing. <laughs> it is, it's, it, you know, we read it last night. What, what is that? Psalm 103. He renews my youth like the eagles. 
There you are, Alan. <laughs> Alan, he's renewing your youth like the eagles. <laughs> and Paul, he's renewing your youth like the eagles. And you, David. <laughs> and you, Eric. <laughs> and you, Peter. <laughs> we hold this. But you know, he's, he's strengthened us. No, no, no. He's getting involved with the kingdom, isn't it? If you can get, can you get this? <laughs> yeah. And the Lord will help us. We thank you, Lord. <laughs> You'll help us to be your servants, isn't it? Better to serve God, isn't it? Well, Port David said, better to be a doorkeeper in the house of God, isn't it? In the tents of wickedness, isn't it? So we're here to believe that you can receive much more. <laughs> we have not arrived. We're on our way, and there's more. There's more. Thank you, Lord, this morning for your people. We pray that as we learn from Hannah to get involved with what you want in our lives, so you will pour out your blessing and use what God has done to bless the church. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Hallelujah.